right? Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster likes to scare you oh yes she loves to scare me so when i'm in my home office i just have my earbuds in and i don't hear things and i also startle very easily and so she'll just like come like right here next to me you can't no one can see this but she'll be like within like 90 degrees of my peripheral vision and she'll just be like sitting there and I'll just like look vaguely over and I'll just be like, ah! and like I startle easily. That's just what happens. Like I'm going to have to send her a message to do it. this during she, the she show. Just, she, she just cracks up. She loves it. She loves uh, uh, how, how startled I get by it. Uh, she finds it hilarious. And I mean, if it makes her happy, that that's fine. It, I really think I right. should I should text her and get her to do this during the show sometime because I want to see this and I think our listeners want to hear it. No, no, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm the one who edits this podcast. I'll just edit it out. <laughs> hey, hey, welcome in. This is filibuster, the Black and Red United, and possibly messing with Ben podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by Jason Anderson and the the very jumpy Ben Bromley. We're all from Black and Red United. I do startle easily. It's just a thing. We're all from blackandredunited.com, where we talk about DC United. Tonight, we're talking about so much more because we have a special guest. We are not exactly the most buttoned-up group here on this show, but it's been an intense season, and with the Gold Cup break, I figured we'd uh, loosen it up and uh, invite our friend Jason Davis on to uh, hang out with us for a bit. You might know him from the United States of Soccer or as one half of the best soccer show. Um, Either way, Or from MatchFit USA. Or going <laughs> way back, years ago. ESPN.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, got fired. No, I didn't get fired. I got laid off. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh, either way, he's been kind enough to to <laughs> have a drink with us here tonight. Jason, welcome to Filibuster. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm just, Ben's talking about getting startled easily, and I'm thinking I'm picturing cats with cucumbers. Is that kind of the vibe? <laughs> Is it yes. Like that? No, that's exact. That's exactly the vibe. Okay. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Thanks for the invite, guys. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, we got to start it off this way. What are you drinking? Well, so I forgot that that was the the bit here on filibuster that the the what are you drinking thing. Now, 
I did happen to have a couple beers in the fridge. I like. I'm gonna grab one. I have a vague feeling. This is uh, this is the the I guess the um, Blue Moon knockoff that you would get at Lidl is what this is. It's ah, called okay. Blue Key Wheat Ale. So it's <laughs> passable. We'll say it's pass. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not. Yeah. I got a neighbor who's like brewing his own stuff. You know, if I need if I need good beer, I'll go other places. This is just. To I have. mean, there's there's one third of this podcast that often drinks terrible things uh, on the radio. And it, it's me. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how so, fancy you guys are being on a Tuesday. So that's that's part of the part of the the, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. issue for me. Yeah. I mean, it's we're, having we're, like we're largely a, a trash podcast. Okay. There's there's oh, there's I, also yeah. a five and a half month old in my house. So it's like, you know, what where can I push the boundaries before it becomes you did you're doing what on Tuesday? <laughs> do you know that he's gonna wake up? Are you do you know the time you're okay? Let's just keep it. Yeah, so, I mean, so, yeah, my, my, my four-year-old, my four-year-old is right there, but she just sleeps through it all. Well, it's a four, four-year-olds can take care of themselves. You can send them out on their own. They can get <laughs> food and you know make money through panhandling and the like. <laughs> I have an infant child, poops himself. You know that kind of. I guess four-year-olds still poop themselves on occasion, right? Where's the oh, line yeah. on that? I she forget. She, yeah. she she does. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so Jason, you took a trip this weekend. You got to see the brand new, horribly named lower.com field. Yeah. It's not a good name, is it? Uh, it looks pretty. It would have been great just to call it new crew stadium. And I think that would have been awesome and would have caught on, but they got to make that cash. They got to help pay for it. Uh, So it's lower.com field and it's among the worst ones. Um, when you say it's pretty, uh, I don't know that that matters all that much. I mean, I know there are prettier stadiums in the league. Uh, well, isn't the like people complain about the DC United roof, but also, uh, well, lack thereof, there's no roof. Sure, but sure. like apparently the lower.com stadium roof just like leaks water everywhere. I, I think they're still working, right? So Audi is under construction. So DC United fans have no right to throw stones <laughs> over at Columbus's oh, way. Of course not. Oh no, right. of course not. Right, and there is no, there is not a complete roof around Audi Field. Um, you know, the roof does its job in terms of the this the the sonic effect, right? It holds the sound in. That's what that's what what's important. Um, I I don't remember like oh, I got to take a look at the stadium and the architecture or anything like that. I I was in part of the march. With the fans, Zach Steffen showed up. Frankie Hayduke was, of course, there leading the way. Uh, Duncan Otten, I got a chance to – I just okay. randomly found myself walking next to Duncan Otten at one point. He's like, yeah, I just moved from D.C., mate. And I was like, you just did what? And then we <laughs> talked for like 10 minutes. And then we got to the stadium, and I sat sat in the Nordeca. So, you know, when you're – you guys know this. When you're in the supporters end, that's a different experience. I can't tell you how loud the building is. Because I'm in a section that's singing the entire game. That doesn't, you know, you kind of have to be in a quieter section to kind of get a sense of how, how loud the building is. But it's definitely a new, a new thing for the crew. It changes the complexion of that club completely. Doesn't mean they're going to be better necessarily. Doesn't mean they're going to suddenly become, you know, the next LAFC or something like that or the next Atlanta United. But it does give them a better ability to compete. And, you know, that kind of follows along, along with what DC United did by getting into Audi. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I I love all the new stadiums that come online. I need to make a, an effort to get out to more of them. Um, I think effort might be what you would call the jackhammering tradition that they started. <laughs> it's an effort. 
Let me ask. Okay, so so DC United guys, um, what would you what would you say are the number one traditions of DC United, the original MLS juggernaut, the, the you know a club that created supporter culture in a large way in the modern era with with Barra Brava and Screaming Eagles and everything else. What are DC United's traditions? What are they? What are the key ones? I mean, it, mostly that like bouncing stands was a big one. You can't really replicate yeah, no, that. You, that's a problem, Jason. You said yeah. was was. Yeah. It's not anymore. In fact, I had this right. conversation well, with somebody. I mean, it's, it, we're we're in Go a ahead. big period of tra- of transition right now. There's okay. like a lot of uh, uh, uh-huh. there's transition with the stadium. There's transition with uh, the the supporter groups are having issues right now. <laughs> I think we're in a big uh, uh, okay. period of transition right now. And right. So we're so trying to I, figure out the new the new era of right uh, and these United supporters in in the new stadium. My point, Ben, is that you kind of have to start over a little bit. I mean, you hey. can transport some of those things from one stadium to another, but it's kind of hard. I mean, mm-hmm. if D.C. and I, I think, again, I was talking to somebody in Columbus. I was telling this story about how at one point there was at least a thought that D.C. would build a stadium with bouncing stands. Now, that was that was I'm a sure big a, thing for a while. Nearly impossible in terms of yes. codes and all kinds of reasons not to do it. But that's how important the bouncing stands were to dc united you can't take it with you so you got to start start over Uh, dc didn't really port over any major traditions i mean lot eight is gone uh bouncing stands are gone you're singing the same songs but the supporters section is completely changed i don't know necessarily in a bad way i think it's pretty damn impressive when you see it in person but you don't you have to make something up so columbus made something up i mean i'm assuming is it three thumbs down on the jack hammer thing I didn't even I haven't watched the game yet, so I don't even like I've seen a photo of someone doing it. And I was like, okay, they're doing that. No, I'm, um, I'm, as far as I've gotten with it. I'm for I, it. I'm for it. Whatever. Whatever okay. goofy uh, yeah, traditions. Right. I'm for it. Yeah, Dude. I'm absolutely for I, the weirdness. I think as far as DC at this point, like the grounding of the, the supporter section in kind of the internal legends of the past in Chico, like calling it yeah. the Chico stand at every opportunity, yeah. paying tribute yes. to Big Rob. That's yeah. Those are the traditions that that matter and will carry on more than behaviors. I think. Okay. Um, yeah, no, at least for this people, community, honoring people is absolutely. I mean that that is a great way to, to create a, a through line from what was to what is. I mean, Chico wasn't. He didn't get to see the new stadium, right? So to carry his right. name over, that's fantastic. I I think that's that's fine. Um, if but if somebody in DC and somebody in the supporters groups and maybe uh, apparently this thing involved the players, I, I think the players wanted some record of events of at the games rather than necessarily dictating a jackhammer and a and a piece of concrete and everything else that went into it. But if the players in DC were like, yeah, we want to do a thing, then that's fine. It's just uh, you know, my yeah. uh, you know you have to start somewhere, and then uh, yeah. nothing you create is going to feel completely organic because you're creating it out of nothing um, well, and it's also like this is like the the 1940s of of european soccer we're still just yes. figuring it yeah. out and what's the difference ben we're all connected we can see everything everybody else is doing all the time right so we're yeah. always well, on yeah. the internet critiquing everybody else and, yep. and and calling everything corny and trolling everybody and it's like well no let them do them and you do you right. and yeah like what really if- hard what if 1950s uh, European soccer had Twitter? That would have been awful. It would have been terrible. And this is the other thing I, I mean, was thinking Twitter's about. Twitter's already awful. So, I mean, I mean yes. 
I'm in the Nordeca. Yes, Twitter's the terrible, most it's the worst thing. Let me check it real. Um, <laughs> I'm in the Nordeca in Columbus. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, people are singing, and you know, I look over somebody I'm standing with who's not there as a Columbus fan, who's also kind of with me in the in the you know the uh, creator space. What do you want to say? And we're like, yeah, this sounds exactly like uh, DC United, doesn't it? Like, except we're changing one word. We're changing the word Columbus for United. They had a couple of songs, a couple of chants that are different. And, you know, I probably heard them. uh, I had not been to a Columbus game before. I never went to a game at at Crew Stadium. So I probably had heard them on television but not really processed them. They didn't jump out to me like, oh, this is all the same stuff I'm hearing. So – it's the flattening of culture, right? And again, this is the internet age making it so that nobody can incubate on their own, create their own complete and totally separate thing. And then we just kind of let it blossom that way. And uh, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. The internet's here to stay. We're always going to be seeing what everybody else is doing. I mean, we could destroy it. um, We could, (laughs) this show would be over. My career would be over. Jason Anderson uh, would probably be the leader of destroying the internet. Uh, are you on board for that, Jason? I, I don't. Like, I don't think that's accurate, given my uh, personal habits and proclivities. Uh, I was I'm watching too much. Would that require logging off? Is the real question? Right. That's oh. the problem. <laughs> right. True. I I was watching Terminator Two uh, this weekend, and uh, you know, maybe you're John Connor. We don't know yet. It's possible. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I mean, like, and so so if you create something, not everybody's going to be on board with it. You're not going to even create a consensus among the supporters, much less you know, get everybody else outside of Columbus to buy in. I think there are things I would tweak about it, in my opinion, that maybe I would do a little differently, but yeah, whatever. Frankie Hayduke in a hard hat with a jackhammer nearby. Whatever. Let's do yeah, this. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Sounds only thing would be me. better is if he shotgunned a beer while someone else was doing the jackhammer. I'm not going to ask him to do <laughs> both him, at the same time. I mean, give him give him a chance. He'll figure it out. <laughs> Another, one more thing for you guys on that. Um at various points it was the the people are gathering apparently it's just you know much bigger deal than usually usual for the crew people are excited about the stadium i heard several times like it's never been like this downtown crew fans everywhere because they didn't they never had a reason to be there but everybody's looking around for the dignitaries where is zach stefan when is he going to show up where is dante washington where is frankie hayduke and at one point somebody's like oh there's frankie hayduke and we're like well no hold on that no that's not frankie hayduke that's Frankie Hayduke's kid, Nesta, who is like 22 <laughs> years old now and is a dead ringer for Frankie Hayduke. The hair is there and everything. It's like, I feel like there's an opportunity happening? for some awesome shenanigans here, like time travel type shenanigans. They should be doing stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> was, and he, he talks like him. It's like you grew up in Ohio, dude, or wherever he was prior to Frankie landing in Ohio, but he, You've been mostly in Ohio your whole life. Why do you sound like a surfer dude from California? <laughs> <laughs> you pick up how your parents talk, I guess. I guess so. The jackhammer I'm okay with. Um, Nashville having Soccer Moses shred on the guitar, I am in love with. I okay. love it so much. Okay. Um, also, like my cousin Clay, uh, I think you were on his podcast, Pharmaceutical I was. Soccer. I yeah. was. Um, he, he knows Soccer Moses who was the lead guitarist of Jars of Clay and also owns a barber shop across the street from the new Nashville stadium, where there will be a mural of him pointing to the promised land by the time that stadium <laughs> opens. <laughs> I love everything about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that I like with these weird, any of the weird stuff, like going yes. back to uh, Timber Joey and Timber Jim 
um, any of that stuff that is odd. I like that a lot more than like um, DC United brought in the light show that um, Racing Louisville has and a few other teams have installed. Um, I don't like that because one, like you can just go purchase that. It's just like a thing that you can right. go get. Um, and also like it comes on when the goal is scored. And so like, the players are doing their own celebration. And you're like, let's make sure you can't really get a good look at it. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's not good. That's not. I don't think, it's also not weird. Like I want it to I would, be weird, and that's just like a the, thing. The I don't think you necessarily have to. So Columbus chose the goal celebration approach, which is the same right. approach that Portland has, right? Um, I think pregame ceremony stuff. You can do basically anything you want, and that's fine. Sure. You don't have to in the middle of the game. Let's cut to the jumbotron and hear. Are these three people that are meant to look like the original logo, Jack Herring, the the concrete <laughs> on top of the Revs logo that's there? You don't have mm-hmm. to, you know, that, that screams cheesy a little bit more than if like, hey, beginning of the game, we're going to do some celebrate. I mean, like the LAFC has got the Falcon thing and atlanta's Atlanta's got got their golden spike yeah Yeah, the giant golden spike thing which is super Uh, it's like a price game i don't understand (laughs) exactly i miss bitchy the hawk from tfc from tfc yeah they 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 decided to name it uh they were like i guess we're naming this hawk bitchy um (laughs) they didn't shy away from it if you're gonna do a goal celebration thing i don't know there are there are Again, I'm not just I, I they they can do whatever they want and sure. I'm okay with weird, but there are some things you could do. I mean, Montreal's got the bell, right? Isn't that their deal up there yeah, when yeah, they get to play? That was supporters home? led. Yeah. That was right. that was the supporters. Yeah. They brought it in and they rang the bell. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. They should let I feel I mean Go ahead. Go ahead. I feel ben. I feel like I feel like MLS should embrace the weird that like We've we've gotten so anodyne with uh, the names of yeah. MLS teams recently. Like MLS needs to embrace well, the weirdness of American soccer. Right. Let let your freak flag fly on all of this stuff since you're gonna. All these clubs are gonna everything's go gonna be boring, a, an FC boring ass name. Yeah. Matthew exactly. McConaughey has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he's definitely. Uh, if he's gonna come out in a green suit with a drum every single week, I mean, <laughs> what can you? You can't. You can't deny the power of that. You know, right? And <laughs> just right. the uh, there's something nice about like after years of MLS owners often being like someone from a hedge fund or someone with multiple investments. Here is just like a Hollywood weirdo who shows up on his own. He's like, no, I, I got it. Don't worry about it. And then he yeah. shows up with a full green suit and a drum, and it's like, I mean, what are we gonna tell him? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, tell him no. Him, can't tell that dude no. No, no, and no one, no one tells Matt McConaughey no. Right. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a good experience in Columbus. Otherwise, I never, like I said, never really spent any time there. So I had a good time. The people, the fans are very, very nice, and they're super excited about everything the stadium means. And and we'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, well, Jason, I, I did want to ask because um, we're in this international break and we just spent our last episode talking a little bit about these friendlies DCS coming up and some players that will be missing um, with the the national team. Now we've got Paul Ariola, Donovan Pines getting called in, but also Moses Nyman and Kevin Paredes are getting to train with the national team. Um, we're kind of we're stuck in our little DC bubble. So we think all of those guys are the best guys. And that's the end of the discussion. <laughs> um 
Uh-huh. Maybe give us give us a little bit of an outsider's perspective where, where it's not like Kevin Paredes is going to win uh, the Puskas and the <laughs> Ballon d'Or in the next three years or or uh, I'll lose my mind. Well, I mean, I think you guys are I think you guys are pretty level headed, but let's <laughs> I mean, I guess we could talk about this. I I think it's really hard. I mean, there's there you're talking about guys that Paredes, mm-hmm. Nyman specifically. These are young, very young players, right? I mean, and we've had our perspective on young players skewed by the fact that we've had some prodigies come through. First Pulisic, uh, Reyna, the the guys that are breaking through at 17, 18 years old, that makes us think all 17 and 18-year-olds should be at that level. First of all, there's only so many spots on a national team, right? But then also, no, they should be allowed to, to grow and to learn or whatever. I mean, I was looking at, I was looking at Moses Nyman's stats, I mean, he's he's excellent, you know, pressuring the ball. He's great in a tackle, those kind of things. Obviously, the defensive side, he's pretty good. I think passing-wise, he's got some growth, right? There's got to be – he's got to be a little bit smoother with the ball, a little, bit, a little bit better with the ball. He's incredible with the ball at his feet and going forward. I think that's kind of the thing you hope that morphs into something else. I mean, you can – you can see the potential there. It's just where does that go? And I know that I don't know if you guys were going to be using all these questions. Somebody was asking a question since you had prompted about you know which which one of these guys gets a cap first, Nyman Paredes or, or Griffin Yao. And I think it depends on position a lot. I think it depends on what the national team needs at any given moment. I think Paredes is probably not the guy. I mean, I, I think Nyman could be. I mean, he could be the guy if he's. If he gets another year of seasoning and you're still looking for somebody to to play in the defensive midfield of the United States men's national team, why not? Maybe him. Griffin Yao's at a at a position that I think demands a little bit more, especially with the attacking talents in Europe. So, you know, I can see why people are extremely excited about those players, but we have to be willing to watch them kind of continue to mature, right? Well, I mean, especially DC United fans, we we got all over uh, Freddie Adu. 15 years ago, oh, 15 years ago now, Longer. 18 years ago now. Most of the people that, that we're following that are dead now. It's that long ago. We don't even, <laughs> we don't even recognize. Yeah. No, no, it didn't happen. And Freddie is, what, no, is, yeah, I, I can't, I, what is Freddie doing? <laughs> still uh, not still playing for the That's Las Vegas question. lights. Uh, yeah, well, definitely not doing that. Definitely not doing that. <laughs> Speaking of weird teams, by the way, and weird celebrations. Oh, weird yeah, giving. llamas and, and the I whole thing, yeah. Fantastic. They I mean, if we have to go side. with weird teams that if we have to go with weird teams that are great, just give me forward Madison every day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, lower division teams can absolutely lean into it. It's the it's the top division teams have to be like, well, how will people perceive us? Right. Well, we are us, serious enterprise. No, we should perceive every top division team as forward Madison. <laughs> Their jerseys <laughs> are amazing. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. So, I mean, again, I think obviously there's something to be seen with. Nyman and Paredes, I wonder what you guys think of the development under Losada to this point, because this is a change in approach from Benny Paul and, you know, a lot more is being asked and obviously going to the, the, the three, three center backs and playing with wing backs, that certainly skews things for Paredes too, right? If the U.S. men's national team is going to play with wing backs, maybe Kevin Paredes has a shot in the near future. If they're going to play with traditional fullbacks, maybe his time has to wait, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting with him because he played on the wing under Ben Olsen. And I think for his whole career, he he's talked about how he was a 15-goal scorer every year coming up through youth soccer. 
And so this is really the first time he's been asked to play this much defense. And of right. course he scores a goal <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in, yeah. in his first several games doing that. So uh, I think that is on the system. Like that is the wing back in Losada's system is you're going to be spending a lot of time in the opponent's half. There's a lot more focus on wing and less on back, I think in Losada's system. Um, but we, we mentioned it in the last, the last episode, the, the improvement from these players week over week has been noticeable and palpable. And uh, you got to credit the players for that. You got to credit the coaches for that. I, I think it's, it's part of the buy-in to the system, but Losada, like if you're putting in the work, you're going to get to play. And yeah. these guys are, and you can see it. I remember talking to him before the season. And I remember him with some quotes where he basically said, like, we're not there. These guys aren't ready to play the way I want to play. And it seemed like pretty, strong criticism but I think he was just saying like we have to kind of build into the kind of fitness levels and the kind of understanding that's going to get us there and and we are so impatient that we're not willing to say okay well it's going to take two months but this is MLS also so you know there's going to be you can take two months you can (laughs) yeah you absolutely can And, and like we were saying saying recently like the fitness level wasn't there in 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 April and May, but now the fitness level is there for a lot of the team, and they're getting back to uh, full health. And the players who mm-hmm. are starting do have that fitness level. And so Kevin Paredes is running around, uh, running around for a whole game, and just and just kicking I mean, butt good, and good scoring to have goals those, and, those young young lungs and legs, right? They're, yeah, they're, you're definitely exactly. gonna. Yeah, you're in, I haven't looked at the schedule. You guys are talking about the friendlies. I haven't looked at the schedule recently. Uh, what's coming up for DC? Okay, so what? A trip to Philly, a trip to Chicago, home to the Red Bulls, and away those- to Cincinnati. Good. So not a not a bunch of home games coming up, right? And the reason I I mentioned that is because I went outside to take the trash out a little while ago, and it is not fun. <laughs> it's not outside. pleasant outside. No, it, it sucks. Not fun. I was almost like, give me 75 and the cicadas back. Like, I'd be cool with that almost. Yep. But no, yeah. I think I, I don't think I think I want the cicadas gone. We'll take the summer. I nah, give me the cicadas. Yeah, th- this is something I said I'll take early the weather in the season. And the early in the season, I said the five sub rule could be really helpful for DC United this year. Good point. And I think yeah. I think especially through the summer, it it's going to be. I, most of DC United's home games are backloaded. They're in September and October. Like United has four home games in the second half of October. They had three in all of June and July. Ah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah, that that could obviously play to your play to your event. And you know, you you think about that if you are, you know, in a decent spot. If you're hovering around fifth, sixth, even seventh, and you haven't played that many home games, then you should be you should be set up and. I have no, I have, you know, no reason to think that people aren't really excited about this team, at least in the fan base, because you've got all these young guys playing. And, you know, for a long time, DC didn't have their identity was, I mean, what, grind it out. I mean, it was literally the yeah, only the whole thing exactly. and play some good defense and, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. Benny, occasionally Benny would try stuff and it wouldn't work. And then you give up a ton of goals and you have to go back to the drawing board. In this case, with these kids, yeah, I would be excited for for what DC United has on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a different feeling, right? It doesn't feel like they caught lightning in a bottle like they did in 2018 with 
Lucharu, or they did right, a couple right. years before that with Patrick Mullins scoring for fun. Yeah, uh, this, is, this it, is a foundation as opposed to like, oh, let's exactly. bring in Wayne Rooney for one last hurrah. Absolutely. And yeah. that was, there were some fun moments. I was at the oh. the Orlando game, oh, so yeah. I, I remember that. And then, you know, but yeah, that was never going to sustain itself. And, and you know, um, I, I'm curious because I talk a lot, you know, I'm big picture guy, national guy. As much as I want to talk about DC United, I have to talk about everybody else. Houston just went through the sale of the club, right? Some, I don't know, investment dude from New York, whatever he does. And I, I was talking about how that team needs to pick a lane. They got to figure out what they want to be. And you can be Atlanta. You can be LAFC. You can be Toronto, which just basically threw money at it and won a championship. Um, you can, you know, p- pick a couple of different paths. There even is kind of a half and half, but you have to be willing to commit to it. You know, Philadelphia committed to their path. They were like, we're not going to go out and spend a ton of money on DPs, but we're going to be really good at developing players. We're going to try really hard, and we're going to spend money, and we're going to, like, very consciously try that. Not not a lot of MMS teams have done it, and it's paid off for them. Does D.C., as Houston tries to figure out what they're going to be, does D.C. have a lane yet? Is, is, there, is, 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 is Losada a lane? Is this group of players, does it represent the kind of, you know, you're not going to get three or four kids out of the academy every single year. It just doesn't happen. Right. But are you going to get enough to say that's what we're leaning on and then also sprinkle on top? You know, I don't know if Edison Flores is the great greatest example, but guys like him, guys in his value range. Can mm. you win that? Well, I, that- well I, I, I think they can because they haven't even given uh, Losada the time to sign his own players yet. He, he like Robert, uh, Nigel Roberto is about the only player that yeah. he got to sign and everybody else is either Academy players or Ben Olsen players. So it'll be this summer and then next off season where uh, Ernan Losada and Lucy Rushton get to sign whatever players that they think mm. are the best players for yeah, DC United going forward. Mm. And this is basically like, like it, it's awesome. It's good. It's great. But th- this is almost like icing on the top that Ernan Losada is able to like do good stuff right now because he's barely had any time to, he hasn't signed any of his own players. And so hopefully this is just, the the start of things to come with him and with the players that he's going to have going well, forward. Wouldn't the fear then be that he signs a bunch of his players and it doesn't get better or it gets worse? And and that really, I mean, especially if it ends up meaning moving on and moving away from some of the younger guys. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but you know, you it, 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 and nothing's just, nothing's clearly sustained yet. I mean, this is still early, but you, yeah, yeah, you wonder, yeah. like, if you can get excited about. Pines and Gao and Paredes and Nyman, if you're talking about sort of like a wave that really is the new look of DC United, or if that's a false dawn on some level. See, I think the team wants it to be the new look to some extent. They've, you know, by investing in a stadium for Loudoun United Mm -hmm. and having that team play in the USL Championship, uh, not in League One, I think speaks to them saying, let's get some of these younger players that level of a test um, that, you know, cause they could have easily gone the league one route and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been controversial at all. Um, and the results probably would be a little better, um, but it's not a results oriented team. Um, but there are moments where that sort of thing doesn't come through, or maybe it's like muddy still, it's still not 100% clear um, where, 
you know, that first year they brought in, they started Loudon, they did the USL championship, they were building a stadium, but then they signed a bunch of guys that are just like other USL championship guys. And it all came yeah. at the last minute. Um, that roster, like Brian Kiefer, who covers Loudon for us, and I, we were both keeping track of like, are they going to have enough players to legally meet USL <laughs> roster requirements? Um, right. And they yeah. did just barely. Um, yeah. But it's become a more clear vision, um, whether that's with Ryan Martin um, and now Stuart Mares, that's his purview is like the GM of Loudon. He doesn't have a ton of, um, you know, duties elsewhere within the club. So he can look at the, 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 what they call the, their pathway to pro program that reaches down into the Academy. So um, I think there are people pushing to be that kind of team. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be to come with the level of investment Philly made. Cause Philly was like, we need to build yeah. a school. We need to build yeah. this. We need to like pay money for all of these things. They're not there yet. Um, but I do think that on some level uh, DC does want to be a team that is making sure that someone's coming up from Loudon. It might not be to the extent of like where the Red Bulls, like five or six players on a given game are guys that played 20 games for Red Bulls too in the last two years. Yeah. Um, but I do think they are going in that direction. It might not be as fully committed yet because it's still, this is a club that is still trying to figure out what it wants to be and things are going well this year. Um, but we are, you know, we're seven months into this year and, and it's after a couple of years of like, well, so what are we doing exactly? Yeah. 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 I mean, so one thing I think is worth noting, DC United signed Jeremy Gray, a new homegrown mm-hmm. player who's been playing out of the Academy for Loudon. For a couple of years now, they signed him to a first team contract. He's going to spend the rest of the season playing with Loudon. Uh, I think between that and Lucy Rushton, you saw Atlanta try to bring in international youth um, was their strategy. I don't think there's going to be any Barco type signings for for DC United. But well, I at this be point, surprised. that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, but there's not going to be something of that profile. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if if they used you know her data sets and and the connections Losada might have in Argentina and and the scouting network that it, that they seem to be standing up to use some of that young money that they're allowed to to sign um, to to complement the academy and kind of mm-hmm. become self sustaining. I don't know. We have to see if they actually sell people on too, because yeah. that's going well, to be that, a part of the model. It has to be. That's, that's everybody, but Red Bull and Philly a little bit. That's I mean, no, nobody's really shown that they can do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, the LAFC yeah, is right now figuring and that's it and Dallas, obviously Dallas. Yeah. LAFC right now is figuring out like, OK, Brian Rodriguez is worth what, like pennies on the dollar. Like, what do we do with him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Diego Rossi, his value has fluctuated all over the map. They, they haven't seemed to find a comfortable spot for him to land. And, you know, it, it's an interesting kind of cocktail when you come to those moments. Right. Uh, it's OK for Atlanta United to um, to sell who the guy who's the 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 kid the guy that just sold, not that he was not a kid the guy that just sold in the preseason over to to the Middle East why am I blanking on his name the oh, guy they bought uh, in last year Petey Martinez yeah Petey Martinez yeah uh, it's okay to sell Petey Martinez if somebody's going to come in and you give you dumb money for him twenty million dollars kind of doesn't matter yeah. where you sell him but if you're talking about like oh we we went and got this kid from South America whether it's Ezekiel Barco who was obviously high profile or somebody even a little bit lower on the level. And we bring him in. You don't want to just turn around and sell him for you know four million dollars to some you know lower level Belgian team. You can do that, 
and DC United's done some business, so they understand this. But if you're going to do that, you want to you want to be able to say, well, we took this kid or we took this player, we turned him into this thing, and not only do we sell him for a lot more money, but we sold him to a high profile club. Look at what we did. Because then it starts to sustain itself and now it becomes a pipeline and now you don't have to do as much work on that. But, you know, that's still probably a long ways off for DC and being being careful enough with identification. Or you buy low. You you buy players who are much yeah. lesser values and then you, you kind of just – Maybe throw them up against the wall and see who sticks is probably right. a, a way to that, think that's about That's what it. the, the Bavil- Bolivian signings from this winter yeah. with uh, Bolivar and Paz seem, seem like to wrong me. Wrong country. Or, sorry. Bol- Bolivar got you confused. It did. <laughs> yeah. My mistake. I apologize. Uh, but no, like I, I think um, Paul Ariola and Nigel Roberto might fall into that category. You know, Ariola was brought in and the talk was he's going to play here for a couple of years increase his value and then probably move on. And even, even the club was like, yeah, that's probably going to be the case. It hasn't quite happened. Um, Though part of that was like the, the weird loan to Swansea where it seemed like, you know, other than him getting some training in uh, they weren't Swansea was like, we need a guy. Um, Can you, do you have a guy that, you know, that can play soccer? Paul's problem is that Paul's a tweener, right? He just doesn't have a clear, position i mean i know he plays as a wide forward for the u.s national team but you know he's maybe not as technical as, as some clubs would like to have with a guy in that spot i mean mm-hmm. we, i was just thinking about the gold cup roster and talk about it on the best soccer show there's not a there's not a sort of off the dribble creative player in the bunch like there's nobody that's gonna you're gonna give the ball to him and say okay go make something happen find your own shot probably really doesn't do that but he he will absolutely run you into the ground He's capable of popping up and scoring a goal. He's certainly capable of getting a shot. It's just, it's like, what is he? And and I think in Swansea, I, if I'm not mistaken, they were playing uh, a back five at the time. So there's some question mm-hmm. about him playing wing back, but is he really a prototypical, is he the right fit for wing back? He may be able to do defensive work, but really as a forward or as a, a, a an attacking midfielder, not as a wing. So, you know, I, I, that's Paul's issue is that he's a good sure. player. He just doesn't have a clear position. But they, they did have the idea of let's get a guy at a, a relatively young age and b- boost his value and then move him along. It hasn't quite worked for a variety yeah. of reasons. Um, and I think that's kind of the idea with Roberta as well, um, getting him in early and um, uh, in, the, in the hopes that his value would continue to grow at a higher level than in the Bulgarian league. Um, but we're still early days with him because he's only played, I think, five games, I think I yeah. want to say. Um, so that's another one where I, I think the idea of doing this, but like the execution is the whole thing. And there's still, we don't have that one, that first proven case where you say like, they can do it. They can bring the guy in at 20 and then at 22, his transfer out is a profit. And then teams are now circling back and saying, Hey, you guys did this well the one time. What else do you got? Yeah. And for DC, you know, it's frustrating, um, you know, being here. To, to know that this is a, you know, and not that this matters in, in Major League Soccer as much as it might in other sports, but it's a big market, right? It's a, it, it is. It's one of the top five or six markets in the country, and it should be. And certainly it's a soccer hotbed. You have all the history of D.C. United. Um, there's such a, um, I don't know this, I don't know how it is in Philly or in New York or in a number of places, but it feels to me like the Latino population in DC is much more tied in with its MLS club than a lot of places. A lot of those, for whatever reason, and it goes back to the beginning and it goes to Chico mm-hmm. and it goes to the way that the better Bravo was founded and all of that stuff. That 
feels like it hasn't been maximized. I mean, it hasn't been maximized. I don't need to say it like it like it's been a question. And so it's frustrating. Like, okay, you, but it's RFK's fault, or it's you know, there's all these reasons why it couldn't happen. And I get that, but you have to like put your foot in the ground and say this is the direction we're going in, even if you're not hundred percent sure it's the right one at the time, because the longer you wait the more you fall behind everybody else who has picked a direction. So you're mm-hmm. missing out on, on either this, the, the become, being part of a selling league or developing players within your academy in an effective way. I mean, I know you, this guy, this killed you guys for how long it was. Well, there are only two teams in MLS to cha- that charge players to be part of the academy, yes. DC right. United and Minnesota. And it's like, what, God, what's going on? <laughs> you know, like just guys get out of your own way. But I know that this is, you know, it's a business and it's tough and getting out even done is such a big step forward. I mean, that's the thing I was thinking about Columbus. Obviously they were, they won a championship last year and they went out and spent some money on Zellerayon and, and you know, they weren't in the same place DC was because crew stadium at least allowed them to control a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but this does sort of change them more into an MLS 3.0 team being in this stadium because it just, it gives them this veneer, this shine of, a different level and DC's there and we just want to see them, you know, take advantage of that. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to see more homegrown signings as well. Um, We've heard stories of from first team training of a couple of teenagers uh, being in there from the Academy. Uh, The team now has a permanent Spanish language TV feed, which is the first time they've ever had it, which is remarkable to me and absurd that they didn't do that much earlier but they've they've fixed it now they have they have uh moises linares Linares, doing play-by-play and he's fantastic um they're they're taking steps and like kind of righting wrongs a little bit at a time and hopefully they keep that momentum going and keep going more and more and faster and faster to to really establish themselves because i remember a decade ago i guess um you'd see bus ads on Metro buses for DC yeah. United. You'd hear it in the Metro. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it, it seemed like there was a much more of a mind share that the team had than they do now, even with the new stadium. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, and it would that be nice to get one. back to that. Yeah. That's a weird one. Yeah. And you know, th- this is just, it's partly not, I mean, like there were playoff years kind of sprinkled in there, but it's like, it's just not being good enough to sort of grab people's attention. And you do change. Yeah. You know, you do you do have to kind of reset people's brains. And DC was good in the beginning, which gave them a leg up on a lot of MLS teams from that era who weren't good enough to matter in town. And then it was well, the you know the Revs and well, yeah, I guess in the early early years they weren't that good. The Revs or they weren't winning championships anyway. The Revs, the Crew, the Burn. You know, what are these teams? Oh, those are that's like the that's like our minor league soccer team. Have you heard about the minor league soccer team that came to town? And I, and I think resetting people's brains is tough. And D.C. Got, got away with it for a long time in the bouncing stands and sort of like the young D.C. professionals who would go out and drink beer and jump up and down carried the club for a while at a time when, you know, the league was changing pretty dramatically. And uh, while L.A. is signing Beckham and uh, New York is signing Thierry Henry and Juan Pablo and Hell and whatever, D.C. and I was signing. Who were they signing? Marcelo Gallardo, I guess. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> Completely broken Danny. version of Marcelo Gallardo. <laughs> Danny Alsop. Danny Alsop. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Name that DC United uh, DC. It's a fun game. It's a fun uh, game. This just reminded me of the alternate timeline where Juan Sebastian Verón signed with DC United. 
Oh, instead of going a, back I to a Estudiantes. Yeah, I forgot that that was going to be a thing. That's what led to Gallardo. Yeah. Alas. Sometimes, need, sometimes it's good to realize that you lost all, on one and just uh, come up with a new plan, it turns out. Yep. Yeah, just yeah. take the L and move on. Don't, don't yeah. flail. Uh, and I think that is the advice we will leave you with tonight. Jason Davis, thank you for joining us. Um, just in case there's anyone who doesn't follow you already, where can they find yeah. you on social media? Uh, you already okay. Social media, uh, it's Davis JSN. So uh, that's think that's across Twitter and Instagram, and uh, I think those are the main places you need to find. Uh, uh, much to Adam's chagrin, I do have a TikTok account, but I'm not actively posting on TikTok. I'm going to keep bugging you until you, you start posting. You were, you are squeezing the Andy Nahar stuff for everything it's worth. <laughs> oh, it's it's TikTok. like like I, I just I, I just recently followed Adam and it's just like it's just that and it's just that Andy Nahar post and just like fourteen different uh, <laughs> soundtracks. All oh, it's yeah. only eleven so far. Oh. I haven't I haven't updated it for a few days, but I want that that sounded. They get better views than anything else I produce on TikTok, so. That's part of why. But I'll also, figure it's out really fun watching Andy Nahar, Nutmeg, Blaze, Matweedy over and over again to different soundtracks. I think what, what my problem is, is that, uh, I, you know, look, I don't got no problem performing, but I still occasionally am a self-conscious guy. And then there's this, well, the, you know, you go, th- you swipe through to TikTok and you go, oh my God, this stuff is incredible. People got a, a million views. And you're like, the bar is so high on this stuff with all the transitions and everything. You know, I don't, I don't think i can get even close to that i'm not even gonna bother i know that's not what most of tiktok is most of tiktok is more like you know a guy talking into his phone for 30 seconds but i just i want it to be i want the first one to be you know to be a certain standard you know i'm professional guys i got i gotta i I gotta keep (laughs) a reputation to maintain yeah i gotta maintain that reputation (laughs) well i am i am not so burdened by that. <laughs> well it's it's nice to just post a clip of somebody else doing something and then overlay yes. yeah yeah yes. just attach energy. yourself to I mean, that's I mean that's why you're that's why i invited you you know attach yourself to a stronger brand <laughs> to someone more talented and just run with it oh my god uh sure happy to be here that's yeah no problems <laughs> at all yeah Oh. Find us at blackandredunited.com. If you want to support us financially, do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. Uh, our Patreon patrons got early access to this episode. So if you want uh, more perks like that, then that's the place to do it. Follow us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at blackandredu for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know the drill wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, of course, spread the word. Word of mouth is always great. Uh, For Jason and Ben, thanking another Jason one more time. I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Keep American soccer weird.